What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to Echoes of Elm. You'll have to forgive me. I haven't been feeling too good, and I'm losing a bit of my voice. For our eighth episode, we have my good buddy, Sam McCrory, from Low Gear and Erstwhile. Sam's pummeling down-tuned guitars have become a staple of Low Gear's sound. But he's also played guitar and bass for other bands, such as Erstwhile, Negative 263, Incomplete, Leadfoot, Ground Level, and Until I Fall. His band Erstwhile is a supergroup of great Ellen bands featuring members of Low Gear, Loaded Moses, Edgewater, and Fair to Midland. Sam has an impressive history of live shows as well. He's played alongside such legendary bands as Mudvayne, Static X, and Papa Roach. I'm honored to have him here to talk Ellen with me. So let's get straight to it. Hey man, what's going on? Not a war. Can you hear me okay? Yeah, yeah. Can you hear yeah. me okay? Absolutely. Yeah. Cool. Good to see you. Hell yeah, you too, fucker. <laughs> it's been a long time, hasn't it? Yeah, dude. Way, I, mean, I know way, we way too long. Like, I know we spoke a lot, like via text, like on Facebook and things like that. But right. since we've actually like spoke like this, I know it's been like, yeah, man, yeah. probably twenty years. Yeah. It's yeah, it's 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 been a minute. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> Man, I saw your setup back there. I saw all the pictures. It looks really, really cool. Well, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I put a lot of a lot of thought into this this little room, this little chaotic room here. I can tell. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Oh yeah. I noticed you've been traveling a lot lately. I, I've been following all your journeys on that. Yeah, me uh, me and uh well, you know, I've always been someone that's interested in, you know, in traveling and uh and I uh, met my, you know, my wife and like my traveling counterpartner uh, who matched that energy. And so, like, we just said, you know, fuck it, let's let's do this, you know, and right. took off. And, yeah, we've been having some fun. <laughs> nice. Nice. Yeah. yeah, man, I had the idea to do this podcast about a year ago, you know, and yeah. I had so many great memories from back then and had so many, you know, friends like you who were probably even more a part of the scene than I was. I mean, I was a part of it, but only for just like a blink of an eye. Now, when I look back on it, it was only like maybe like five years, you know, max. But, hey, you, but you know what, though? That was like during the best five years that, that in my right. opinion, Del that Deep Ellum had to offer. You know what I'm saying? So, right. you know. <laughs> I had initially wanted to start in a certain timeline, like maybe like 1995 up to like, uh -huh. you know like 2010 something like that <clears throat> right but now the i kind of rethought that and now it's more like 95 to present day you know anything in yeah. between you know what i mean well then there's the then so. there's the time frame that like from 1990 to 95 you know that was you know yeah pre our, our time uh and lots of stories there but you know uh i don't know if i don't know if you're going to be able to get anybody on here uh that that you know <laughs> that was around during that time. Who knows? Your bass player, Dave. Dave, uh, isn't, that, isn't that his name? Dave Lanier? Yeah. You say Goat. Well, I, I always call him Goat, but yeah. Goat. Yeah. I noticed that he's like on some of those, uh, like, not the Pantera home videos, but he's on the Damage Plan. No, he's video. also on like, a Pantera one, too. I forgot which one. Uh, yeah, <laughs> where he's hanging out with Dime, and uh, Dime asked him to spell alcohol. 
Yes. And, uh, yeah. So yeah. I think he was there for all that. I'm pretty sure he'd yeah. be a good person. He, to have. he jacked yeah. that all up. That was, that was hilarious. <laughs> that is a great clip. That was the clip I was referring to that stuck out to me. Yep, yep. Um, but yeah, we usually like you know, we we start out with somebody's you know like the, the very the the very beginnings. Not even like your first band. Like I was looking at Blacklist, but I was going to maybe even go before that uh, and like maybe ask you what your first instrument was. You know, like what you actually started on in the very beginning. Like what was it even guitar or was it something different in the very beginning? Well. Yeah, I mean, no, it was guitar. Um, it, it was kind of like a mixture between guitar and bass, but primarily guitar. Um, you know, I jacked around with, of course, the, the first handful of couple, few years or whatever was just focused on guitar. Um, my brother played guitar, and so that kind of naturally, I was like, oh, what is he doing? You know, um, and I was instantly attracted to the music that he was listening to. So, you know, it kind of just went hand in hand and. But uh, just bugged my parents, and uh, they they went out and got me a cheap ass uh, little little area Pro Two or Pro Three guitar. I forgot what which one it was, but uh, did the job. <clears throat> uh, yeah, and so you know, That's interesting uh, area. Was it an acoustic? No, no, it was electric. Okay, because I my first guitar was an area, or I think it's, it was spelled with an A, right? Right. I never knew how to say it right, but area, yeah. yeah. That's and what it, I always call it. I don't even know if I'm saying it right. I mean, right. it's like you're talking about shit that's like, you know, I've had many, many, many drinks and naps, you know, since then. Um, sure. Yeah, but but I'm pretty sure it's area. That's what I – I hope I haven't been screwing it up all these years, but whatever. Um. Yeah, my aunt gave me a, a – uh, was a nylon string area guitar. But yeah. like you, after about a year or two, I picked up a bass too. And kind of yeah. started messing with both, you know, and got, yeah. you know, I was also interested in trying to figure the bass out as well. Um, and I noticed you mentioned uh, in some of the stuff you sent me about at a certain point, you know, like how, learning to be a bass player, you know, and how to play bass like a bass player and yeah. add to the part with the guitar, you know, and not try to just mimic the guitar. Right. Uh, well, knowing, knowing, it's knowing when to branch off and yeah. do your own thing that favors you know, the guitarist, um, or whatever, you know, melodic is going on. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, when to follow the guitar player and, you know, stay in the pocket. Uh, but yeah, yeah, that's, uh, I learned, uh, learned a lot off of that. And actually, even whenever I returned back to guitar, uh, remembering those things and it helped in my songwriting capability of, you know, putting together songs and ideas for, uh, the bands I was in to, you know, help not write people's parts, but just paint an idea you know because sure. uh, yeah. the, the bass really does at first I mean prior prior to that I thought bass guitar just followed you know the guitar mm -hmm. 100% you know right. there's just yeah. so much so much there there's so much color that the, the bass adds to that that a lot of people they don't really I guess understand and realize but well. absolutely yeah so um I don't know. For for me, like it took me about, I guess, about three or four years, maybe, before I actually went and tried to play with a band and like had the courage to try to go, I guess, collaborate with other people or jam with uh, other. People. I was still a teenager. What about you? Like, uh, what age were you when you started uh, Blacklist, or or whenever you got into Blacklist? Well, yeah, that... we all kind of pretty much, you know, grouped together. Um, man, that was 
14, 15. With those guys, with the blacklist, uh, you went to school with the blacklist. Yeah, guys? yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. I actually, I taught the other guitar player how to play guitar, at least the initial, you know, basics um, and some, you know, songs and all that stuff. Uh, and so that was kind of a cool molding bro bonding, yeah. you know, experience. And so naturally, you know, he he had a friend uh, named Todd Jera. And he was the drummer uh, for Blacklist, and uh, you know him and him and Todd uh, Michael. I keep saying him, but Michael Henry was the guitar player, and then Todd was the drummer. Um, and so they had uh, they had linked up, and then he naturally, you know, thought of me, uh, you know, because I showed him how to play. He's like, hey, this, you know, let's bring this guy in. And so, um, so yeah, we we formed that, wrote some songs. That was my first. Uh, I guess dip dipping my toe in the pool of songwriting. Um, so the first obviously couple were a little bit, wah, wah, you know, but then surprisingly, actually, it, it came kind of natural between all of us um, with how, I mean, I, I would even say some of those riffs, you know, hold up to, you know, today, you know, uh, right. uh, really surprised how, how, how that all ended up. But yeah, yeah. So about 14, 15, something like that. What uh, years would this have been? Is this early nineties? Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. okay. Now you're gonna all have me doing math and. Uh, <laughs> no, it's okay. No, no, yeah. no. We, we don't have to get exact on it. Yeah, right. yeah. Yeah. Um, it was about like mid to mid to early nineties um, for sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. What. Uh, what about like your first experience in Ellen? Was it around that time too? Around the time you were in Blacklist, the first time you ever went down there? No, um, actually, my Ellen experience was like that was that came later. I'd always heard about it, and it was like this. You know, to me, it was always built up to this magical place. You know, of course, you know you're young, and things yeah. seem a lot bigger than what they are. And not to say that Ellen Ellen was you know <clears throat> big big popular place. Loved it. Um, but my first experience was, I think, anywhere between 95 and 97. I don't know for sure. Uh, but it was definitely, like, the, the first memorable band that I remember was uh, Slow Roosevelt. Is that, that, mm -hmm. I didn't even know who Slow Roosevelt was. They played with Pimpadelic. I didn't know uh, either of them. But it, I don't remember the name of the club, but it was a small club that was, you know where Tigger's Tattoo is? Yeah, yeah. Okay. It was a club that was like right there in that general strip or in that little that okay. vicinity. Um, it was a very small, very tiny, intimate, you know, place. But um, I remember I was just walking, you know, walking the streets of, of Deep Ellum. And, and I, I was actually going to Tigger's Tattoo because I remember my sister used to talk about Tigger's. And so I was like, I went to go see it. And the next thing you know, I hear this badass music coming out of this little small little rinkety you know club and uh i decided to go in and check it out and uh i think it was yeah it was slow roosevelt that was playing first and man pete the singer of slow mm -hmm. roosevelt man he it was just his intensity yeah just, it, it just, it, it, huh i'm sorry go go ahead go ahead no no i was just saying his, his intensity yeah, his mm -hmm. his intensity just blew my mind. Like that, you can see the veins in his neck, and you know, yeah. for it, uh, <laughs> and uh, I remember that that made a that that made an impact. And of course, Pimpadelic they they blew the the roof off the building, and um, lots of 
lots of attractive women. You know, the, the whole setup was just yeah enough to enough to really spark that. Like, you know what? This is a, a, a you gotta I gotta play out here, not necessarily that club, but just you know play. I gotta I gotta be out here. Yeah. Uh, so that was my my birth my my first memorable uh, experience with that. But you know what, what a hell what a hell of a way to kick that off with slow roller, right? That's a great combo. And then uh, Pimpadelic, actually, that's a band that I certainly remember well, but we haven't really covered it much yet on the podcast over the last, like, past seven episodes that I've done. We haven't really mentioned them much, so right. glad you brought them up. Yeah, I haven't thought about them in a while. Great yeah. band. Yeah. yeah. And oh, there yeah. Is a, there's a ferocity to uh, Pete and to that whole band, Slow Roosevelt. I know what you're talking about. I remember yeah. seeing them at Curtain, and they, they, God, they sounded so damn good at Curtain Club. Oh. Yeah, yeah, it was always great seeing Slow Row there. Oh, great yeah. band, yeah. Slow Row has always been at the top, if not the top favorite, uh, you know, nostalgic local band. Sure. Uh, of of mine personally. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, them, Dusu, mm -hmm. the Feds. You know, there's a few of those. You know, the the Toadies. Yeah, the Feds too. Yeah. Absolutely. Actually, I uh, uh, an erstwhile. Um, I believe he's in with the feds, uh, Glendon Crane. I don't know if you ever heard that name before. Um, mm -hmm. he jammed, he, I'm pretty sure he jammed with the feds. Uh, he was in erstwhile for a very small time frame, but never we never went public with him. We know just something happened, you know, lifey stuff. Sure. Um, yeah. he also played with Hollywood Undead and he played with uh, had a band with John Five going on in California at one oh, point. Um, wow, uh, but. I remember he, I think I'm pretty sure he played with the feds. So that's kind of a, I feel like I've played with almost every, I haven't played with, you know, with you or, you know, Janardin or a couple, you know, the other guys from Samsara played with Ed. Ed, uh, yeah. Ed's a great drummer, man. God, he's so much fun to jam with. I mean, no matter how many years it's been, I can yeah. jump in a room with him and pick up a bass and me and him, it's like rhythm section just locked, yeah. you know? Yeah, it was it was, that, it was that way too with uh, with really him and and us and it was just all very natural and organic and just kind of I don't know had a word but it was just everything just kind of peed and man he would always have my had me just my side splitting from laughing just an <laughs> absolute retarded dumb he, shit. He's uh, so funny. You guys were giggle buddies, yeah. Oh yeah, oh yeah, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. We, we yeah we we it, it was like it was like total ten ten you know ten year old humor. Nice. Uh, as adults and yeah. But <laughs> that's great. Um yeah. with uh with Blacklist, like at what point did you start to kind of I don't know, I guess maybe you out started outgrowing that and wanted to try something new maybe or uh... I honestly I don't even remember what uh what happened um as far as departure. I just know that we parted ways and and uh, you know they continued on. Uh okay. Yeah, as a as a three piece, and you know, from that point, they you know they really started kind of diving in and developing their you know who they were sure. identity wise and you know musically and uh, and made a name for themselves and very proud of them. Nice. Um, and I think that even they continued on to even. <clears throat> I mean, I say not that many years ago, but of course, you know, twenty years ago it could have been. I'm not sure, but. Uh, but yeah, they, they, they continued on for, for quite off and on, you know, for quite some time. 
and uh, it, I was really proud of them. I haven't, I haven't. I listened. To, I listened to some erstwhile earlier, and I pulled up like Scat Lab, you know, just in preparation of this episode. But I uh-huh. haven't heard Blacklist. Like, if you had to draw any, I guess, comparisons close to any other bands that they, maybe they sounded like, who would you say y'all were kind of similar to? Uh, I mean, I mean, back whenever I was involved in it, it was just kind of just raw. You know, I, I can't. I can't really even pinpoint who it would sound like. I mean, of course. You know, both me and the guitar player were were heavily induced by Metallica. Actually, we started our very first show was a house party. Um, okay. And we played with like a handful of Metallica covers, like you know, and then mm-hmm. and I think some Slayer covers. So nice. it was just kind of like a collage of just just all the heavy bands back then that were you know thrash heavy and uh. Uh, yeah i don't i don't know we were kind of a little bit of we don't we didn't know who we were we were just kind of jamming what we thought sounded cool right like but they, said, they eventually grew into a sound after i left it into like a um <clears throat> more of a kind of a kind of a death metal kind of uh, i'm trying to think of like a, a of a band that would morbid angel cool kind okay. of thing you know um yeah yeah, yeah. And that, that really, that that sound did well for him, especially with the name. And just, I don't know, you could just tell something was clicking and something was cool uh, with that, that character that they built. So. They found their sound. Yeah. yeah. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah. Um, I was looking on, oh. <laughs> That's my uh, notification sound. Let me turn that down. <laughs> that sounds like the... The ringtone I used to set for for one of my uh, one of my ex girlfriends. <laughs> <laughs> nice, the Kiki Mama, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> okay, downstep, <laughs> downstep, nineteen ninety five to ninety six, yeah, yeah. The uh, the yeah, was... style band. I wanted to go into that for a minute. Talk about them. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, they uh, that that band was was fun. Uh, actually, had I don't know if you you ever, you ever hear of the band Puncture? Yes, absolutely. Okay. Yeah. So the singer of that band, or one of the singers of that band, he 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 ended up leaving us in Downstep and went to Puncture uh, to play bass for them. Uh, okay. They they were needing a bass player for a tour coming up, and uh, they went on tour with Guar or whatever. But nice. so understandably, he left us because we were just like still in the shed jamming, you know, we weren't at all doing anything serious, you know? So, you know, at the time we were like, what the hell dude, you know, what are you doing? Um, but I mean, looking back, I would have done the same exact thing. Uh, yeah. But yeah, that, that, that band was interesting, man. We, we, uh, we, uh, we made costumes out of like, uh, you know, tin foil and, and uh, duct tape and bite chains and, you know, saran wrap and, just whatever we get our hands on, it was just like the dumbest but yet coolest idea. And it, we actually, you know, I, I made, I used to make wigs okay. uh, out of duct tape. Wow. And yeah, like, well, I would sometimes make wigs and then I would like buy wigs and then alter them, you know, so mm-hmm. kind of both. Uh, but yeah, like I had one, one time it was like a, it was a wig that I actually duct taped to my head. <laughs> Stupid. But that just kind of just shows you like the level of, you know, dumbassness that that we had going on no that's cool though it's like a really crude aesthetic you know i get it 
You know what I mean? I, I like yeah. the really like uh, kind of raw DIY kind of nature of that. You know what I mean? Yeah, <clears throat> yeah that's cool. Yeah. Uh, puncture. Yeah, I remember Puncture. It's been a while since I've heard them, but yeah, it's like kind of industrial. Uh, uh, right? Wasn't yeah. That? Yeah. Puncture. I talked to, actually, I talked to real briefly, I talked to uh, Rick um, last night, the singer. Yeah. Or not last night, but like, uh, I went out to the Haltom Theater for a show that uh, I think it's uh, Iron Jaw or something, uh, a band that he's in now. Uh, they were out there playing, and a buddy of mine, uh, Pete, is mm-hmm. and he just joined a band called Pass the Ammunition. Um, so I went out and checked out that show, and and I ran into to Rick, and you know, briefly brought up you know Punisher, and uh, you know, I hope those guys get back together. I just have, I have a feeling that something something may happen with that uh i hope are so they, okay you said that that was the band where y'all would put all this crazy stuff on and it was all haphazard and is that the band is that the kroger band where y'all went and played it at yeah, yeah 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 okay. yeah that's the, the band that i was in that homeboy left to go to puncher um yeah, yeah. We, we we played a we played a show at Kroger, I don't even know how we got that show. Honestly, I don't. <laughs> the, the way that how the whole thing happened, I don't remember who set it up, That's how so it happened, who talked to who, and who, or who thought from Kroger's that it was a great idea to stick a you know demonic you know <laughs> uh, band out in the parking lot. Uh, That's but, so great, uh, I, I was, huh? I'm sorry, no nothing. I was saying that so great. Yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I mean, like, because like you know, at the time, like we were out jamming, and I I remember before the show we actually me and the, me and the singer we went into the store and we bought <clears throat> you know stuff from the from the from Kroger's to put on our costume you know that's yeah. that that was yeah. part of part of the funny part of it but uh but I remember being you know on the little homemade stage that they had out in the parking lot we were jamming and like you know moms and their kids were walking to their cars with their groceries and they're like Ugh, like you know <laughs> It's so awesome, dude. That's great. I was just like, you know, it's you know, it's back in the early days, man. Not not everybody you know, thought things through. Um, sure. You know, we were definitely that was one of those moments. Uh, dude, dude, I played a show one time at a Cricket Wireless booth out in the parking lot. That was it wasn't Kroger, but it was Albertsons. So I mean, I'm just saying, okay. you know, yeah, you know, I played some really wonky gigs before, so I feel you on that 100. percent I get it. I guarantee you, we're probably the only two people on this on the on this planet that played grocery store gigs. <laughs> I'm sure there was plenty. Yeah, maybe, maybe that was a normal moment. thing back yeah. then, and and I didn't, I just wasn't aware of it. But whatever. Right. Yeah. Yeah. What uh, what was your first experience in a studio? Like, which band was that with? Or like, okay, up to this point, uh, with this band. Like, had you yet been in the studio, like in the mid '90s yet? Like, when did you first uh, go? You know, um, that wasn't first... until like probably after '97, which okay. um, that was whenever I joined Leadfoot. Gotcha. And yeah, I I don't remember. I don't think that uh, I don't think that I had been in the studio at all yet up until that point. Uh, I was just you know jam band, sure kind of experience. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but Leadfoot was the one where we actually, I remember they, we went into the studio and that's where I got to learn a lot about the intricacies of that. Um, you know, of course, and actually at first I didn't really like, uh, 
I, I liked you know jamming live better than sure. yeah the studio but that actually changed when I got older I actually enjoy the studio more right than I enjoy I don't know if that's just a I'm old and lazy thing or uh I think it really just has more to do with um just watching uh you know starting something from scratch and just watching it blossom into the with adding adding these layers and colors and sure uh, you know watching it grow into the monster that it is kind of thing yeah i think absolutely. that's the reason why I, I like you know obviously you don't get a chance to really sit back and enjoy those uh hearing and seeing those types of things whenever you're jamming live because you're too busy jamming and you can't really capture everything live that you do in the studio so but so in i know in this band you were the guitar player is it this eventually became um uh ground level right yeah this the band that eventually became yeah okay so in downstep were you the bassist or the guitarist in that band yeah i was a bassist in that one and in a band called incomplete <clears throat> um so the two bands prior to joining leadfoot i yeah. just did a stretch of the strictly bass guitar strictly bass yeah, yeah. Okay. and actually what the band yeah. that got me into playing bass was pink floyd uh for whatever strange reason even though that i wasn't outputting that kind of music at all and what i was jamming and you know all that um it was well it was where it was it was uh <clears throat> pink floyd and then sepultura <laughs> those two bands at that yeah. time were what really kind of you know inspired me to play bass oh dude two of my favorite vhs tapes from the 90s were uh it was a sepultura one i can't remember what it was called but it was like a collection of all their old videos and stuff and different footage and uh and then the <laughs> other one um uh, not sepultura who the other band we were just talking about i'm sorry i went blank uh <laughs> I did too. The other band that we were just talking about, not Sepultura, but uh, oh my gosh. I hate, the, I hate this. We'll, we'll figure it oh, out, man. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, yeah, those two those two VHS tapes uh, back then. Uh, Pink Floyd, Roger Waters. Okay. Bass player, yeah. I was okay. going to say, uh, I know what the Pink Floyd one was. It was uh, uh, Live at Pompeii. The Live at okay. Pompeii, you remember that one? Yeah, oh yeah like careful with that axe eugene and like uh echoes and all that stuff you know like the early stuff you know i guess like maybe pre-wall like before they did the wall yeah after sid barrett but before the wall that was kind of right. like my favorite era that gap yeah. there. <clears throat> that's yeah. whenever they were you know discovering who they were at that point yeah i love that era <laughs> yeah waters is a hell of a bass player i mean that's a great guy to learn from Sure. I actually got a chance to see them. Uh, me and my wife, we went to uh, American Airlines Center, and uh, we bought we bought just normal tickets that were up in the stands and all that stuff. And we ended up on the uh, on the right in front of the stage because my wife knows people from networking with her work. Sure. Uh, and so she happened to reach out to her and so on and so forth. And they just gave us a free upgrade to get right down there on front of the stage and watch uh, Roger Waters play. Yeah. You know, nice. so man, that, that was the first time I'd ever, I mean, obviously it would have been better if it was Pink Floyd, like all the guys together and all that, but uh, the next best thing, you know, I mean, what a, what a hell of a way to, to see Pink Floyd for the first time or, you know, Pink Floyd music. I know what's true you're talking about. And I saw that like the, 
production and all that, the pictures from it, like that whole backdrop and the screen that he had going and everything, it looked incredible. Well, it was like that little cross. Yeah. Uh, it was like an X or a cross or whatever. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of money. <laughs> when did that screen? David Gilmore. David Gilmore is probably like easily in my top three favorite guitarists of all time. Oh, yeah. Well. I mean, all the stuff he does with delay and everything. I stole so much from him. I mean, <laughs> But uh, yeah, me too. On the on the download, me too. Yeah, um, there's some, actually there's some Pink Floyd. Uh, I can't. I don't remember where or what song or whatever, but there's some definitely some some uh, some borderline Pink Floyd ripoffage uh, <laughs> in the Earthwell album. Oh man, I was listening to. Uh, um, see what track it was. It was great, I, and I wanted to ask you a little bit about Earthwell too. We guess we'll get there. Oh, he's but, a but yeah, this, okay, so this band that eventually became Ground Level, I met you around that time. We start, we were, yeah. I know you, but I, I think we played shows together. It was before Samsara because I was in Outlet at the time. Uh, my band, Outlet, I remember, yeah. I think we like, I think we opened for y'all or vice versa. I can't remember which one. Yeah. yeah. But I remember seeing. It's probably we opened up for y'all because we, we weren't a, we weren't a, a middle slot worthy band at all. At that point, uh, ground level lead foot, we were just breaking into deep elm at that point. Um, but yeah, I remember that's where I first met you and the other guys from Samsara. Yeah, you're right, you weren't in Samsara, I don't believe at that time. Yeah, it was uh, Outlet, but in Outlet, it was uh, you know, Justin Watkins. Yeah, yeah, I ran, to, I ran to him not that long ago. Okay, he was the singer for my other band, Outlet, and I was in that band at the time. And similar to you, I kind of dropped everything in Outlet. And I was the guitarist in that band, but I kind of dropped guitar and went and became a bass player for a while. Uh, you know, I went and kind of switched roles and did bass for a little bit, you know. So I definitely understand that journey, you know, because I was a guitar player all the way up to that point. And then suddenly when Samsara needed, if they would have needed a guitar player, I would have jumped in too. But they didn't need a guitar player. They needed a bass player. So I had to switch, you know. And yeah, I, and, and yeah. honestly... Honestly, I recommend any. I know you can testify to this. I recommend any musician to to cross, you know, instruments uh, like that. You know, just because you learn a bigger aspect of Absolutely. music writing, and, and especially I can hear it in the stuff that you've been writing lately, which, by the way, is completely badass. Um, Thank you. Was the, the Isle of Belial? Isle of Belial, yeah. That's what the uh, Samsara guys always called me for years. They kind of jokingly always called me that, so I just embraced it and called the project that. Okay. It would have been funny. Went, went full circle with that and brought that. Absolutely. Busted that one off and brought it back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right yeah. on. So your first recording experience was with, uh, were you guys lead foot at that point or ground level when you recorded? Lead foot. <clears throat> yeah, it was lead foot. Um, yeah, they, he, they had a just a self-titled album at that point. Um and I just joined it. I remember, man, that learning that stuff, that was like, you know, prior to that, I was, I mean, I was jamming still some pretty, not not technical, not not super hard, you know, hard to play type music, but sure. the stuff that just sounded good, jam band stuff, like I said. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, that was the first really challenge that I had. Uh, Heath. Uh, was the guitar player and singer Heath uh, Schultz. I don't know if you know him or not, but uh, he, he's been in he, hell. He's been in low gear before. Uh, I've probably uh, seen him then. Yeah, if I saw a pick, I'd probably recognize him. Yeah. yeah. 
he, he was, uh, you know, he, he came from, you know, a death metal background. And um, so he wrote, you know, pretty technical, but, you know, Leadfoot stuff was cross up between being technical and being commercially, you know, acceptable. I guess sure. melodic vocals, you know, that type of thing. Um, and so that was my first real challenge. And I was like, holy shit, what did I do? what did I step into? You know, it's like I, I instantly at first I felt like a total failure. I was like, you know what? No, I got this. I learned it, picked it up. And I'm not, and then once I learned it, then I was just like, now am I going to be able to do this in the studio? And that was the, to a, you know, the unforgiving yeah. click. Um, yeah. Yeah. So <clears throat> that, that taught me a lot about that of, you know, jamming at a, at a fast tempo, high technical stuff to a click. Uh, uh, <laughs> And steady tempo, not speeding up or slowing down or anything, you know. And, yeah, you no, know, no forgiveness. Yeah. <laughs> Which I kind of, I like both ways. I like it whenever it's really like, you know, kind of like Mashuga and everything's like completely like a machine to a click, you know, it's very oh, yeah. clock. But I also like playing with Ed. You mentioned Ed earlier. Him as a drummer, he's got great feel and he'll yeah. naturally build the tension of the song and I'll follow it, you know what I mean? And sometimes yeah. we'll naturally speed up. Uh, whenever Samsara switched drummers, like around, I think it was like 2003, and we got Rob Stankovics on uh, drums, whenever Ed left, uh, he would try to play along and learn the songs. And he kept talking about how it kept speeding up and slowing down on him while he was trying to learn it. You know, and we never even noticed that it was doing that. You know, we didn't know, because we I don't think we even recorded a lot of the first few albums with a click. We were with Braxton and everything, and I think he may have even tried to get us to start a few songs with a click, but we couldn't. We just tracked it the way we always did. You know? hit, the, hit, the, hit that red button and go. Yep, exactly, yeah. And like I said, I you know, recording with Rob was also really fun too, though, because, you know, with him, everything was numbers, and, you know, it was all, you know, it was very different kind of feel, but it was also really cool. It was different, yeah. yeah. Um, with uh, going forward with ground level, like how many years did, were you in that band with those guys? I didn't realize that with that band, that was stuff that was already like pre-existing. So you kind of like jumped into something that it was well, already. Was. Ground level was, uh, yeah. I mean, well, kind of like ground level started off with a different tuning and a different, and a, and a new song. I just walked into practice one day that was, I was expecting to come in, you know, jamming Leadfoot stuff. And yeah, uh, the singer, Hey, he goes, Hey, uh, Drop your guitar down to A. <laughs> I was like, drop A. And I was like, okay. And of course, my guitar wasn't intonated to, for it or any of that stuff. So it wasn't the best practice in the world, but I was sure. able to uh, pull it off. And uh, he, he had uh, he'd wrote a song. And I remember just that first time just jamming to drop A. I was just like, holy shit, this is badass. But I, I, haven't, I haven't turned away from it since. Uh, it's either been drop A or A sharp or maybe B. Um, that that uh, flowed in ever since then, but yeah, that was that was uh, that was between. Uh, I'm not sure exactly when the Leadfoot ground level crossover took place, um, but in that band in general is like in between like '97 to 2002, right? That, that little gap there. Yeah, whenever I played with you, it would have been like 2001 or 2002. Uh, uh, I was in Low Gear. I was. That's why I just joined Low Gear. Yep. I remember, yeah, I remember you guys were doing like picture show, I think. I think that's when y'all released that one. Um, 2002, yeah. 
so all through that time period, I actually got to see a lot of that stuff. I got to see your transition from, you know, like ground level over to low gear. And I do distinctly remember you guys always being in a way lower tuning than we were, you know, because yeah. a lot of times most of our stuff was just standard drop D. And that drop A, I mean, man, it's, it, I don't think people really, it takes it's pretty a certain, nutty. It is, yeah. It takes a certain level of skill to play it and make it sound clean too. You got to know, you got to finesse it just right, you know. And you guys were always really good at that, good at handling that real low tuning, low gear. It has a lot to do with the intonation, but yeah, big strings like right now. Uh, and I didn't back then, but now I play on uh, 70 gauge strings. <laughs> so basically the, bo the bottom low heavy is like the size of a baby's arm, you know, uh, you know, almost. <laughs> yeah. uh, not a lot of flexibility there, but. You know, with yeah. the intonation being set right, it, it that way, whenever you hit open, it doesn't sound like butter and you know, um, and it's just just a solid, you know, solid note. But you can still bend with the right intonation. You can still bend. You can still, you know, even do squeals. You can do whatever you, you know. Sure. But so, were you doing sevens, or, or I guess now, like now today, do you do sevens, eights, or nines on the guitars? Like seven what, strings. Uh, 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 seven strings. Like right, right now. Oh, I've got okay. it, like back here. I've got a couple. Like this. This is a six string. Um, this is my EC one thousand. It's a sweet guitar. Uh, oh, I don't yeah. really play. I play it as much. I, it's kind of more my backup guitar. Sure. But this used to be my primary, and then but it's just something. Once you get your hands on a seven string, um, it's just. It feels weird to go back to a, a six string neck, yeah. like the you know wrapping your hands around the neck. And this is my seven string. That's sweet. Yeah, this is the yeah. EC four hundred seven. I had to look because I forgot the model number, but uh, but yeah. So that thing just looks like it sounds crunchy. Oh, it's 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 a beast for sure. Yeah, but those are my two primary ones. And then, of course, I got a bass. I've got a little cheapy. I got a Spectre bass. Oh, I love Spectre, dude. That's great. Yeah, I just got that for like for songwriting stuff. Anyways, that's a sweet looking bass. It's all right. I still, I, I need to get it worked on. Need some love. Yeah. I bet the transition going from a band like Ground Level into Low Gear, I bet that was interesting to say the least. Because you were talking about how Ground Level was, you know, cha a challenge for you. I mean, I'm sure you had to make a lot well, of Leadfoot was, you know, Leadfoot, Leadfoot. Le yeah, Leadfoot was in the beginning because we were just it, it was very intricate. Um, and then when we hit in Ground Level, when we crossed over that, it became more simple and more the notes became more wide open. Uh, yeah. went down so really in a weird sense uh, that kind of was the perfect stair step into low gear because sure. the pitting went down the the notes got more open kind of like how low gear was and it was just kind of weird how that transition really kind of happened it 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 was it was perfect that's cool uh, oh, yeah looking so back on it for it yeah yeah that's awesome wow yeah <clears throat> so 
Talk about the first time that you jammed with the low gear guys, because I know Gotti, man, he's a hell of a drummer. Yeah. I bet that was quite an experience. Can you talk a little bit about the first time you like got with those guys and had like a really awesome jam? <laughs> Is there anything that sticks out? Yeah, I, I remember I was nervous as hell. I, I had prepared. Uh, if if I'm just I'm just gonna be open and cheesy about this. Uh, like I remember prepping for that first practice like a motherfucker. Like I would uh, jam in. The, I lived in Bedford at the time, and uh, I, you know, I, I I made sure my roommate was gone. Uh, like nobody was in the house, and I I I, I, I full on not just rehearsed the the learned and rehearsed the music but i i did the whole stage jumps and uh you know because they had like time jumps at that time sure uh, so <clears throat> i put on a full-on you know rock concert in my living room with just me and myself and i uh nice, nice. On, on several and that's that kind of that that doing that as silly as it sound um that taught myself a lot about you know showmanship it was sure. really those moments I was like, you know, set myself up. It taught me a lot about that, just that band in general, and just those moments in in the living room. You know, <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> if, if anybody had been there, it would have been embarrassing, you know, kind of thing. <laughs> um, but it, it, that, that's that's basically. But yeah, the first time that I I walked in, man, it was just like, it was like all I don't know. It's kind of kind of hard to explain. Is it's, it's kind of like all the weirdest and craziest people that I'd ever met in life mm-hmm. wrapped up into one room. And it was a, it was a fucking familiar, comfortable, crazy. I, I don't know. I don't sure. know how to explain it. You know, Roach, obviously everybody knows he's out there. Cool as hell out there. Uh, me and him clicked and goat. And it's just like, you know, you have Roach who's the interesting kind of crazy type. Then you got goat. Who's the absolute metal redneck head. You know, and then you got Muck, who's, who's kind of the, you know, introverted yet, you know, kind of very personal, uh, very, very, uh, um, what's the word for it? Kind of a mixture, of the, the, the mixture, best mixture between the introvert, extrovert, I guess. Sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Gotti, Gotti was the business oriented, you know, guy, uh, the, the, you know, toe the line kind of guy. Sure. And me, I was just that some that silly, dumb, you know, goofy, tall guy that walked in. And so, like, just that something special about that little chemistry there, it, it made the perfect chemistry. Absolutely. Yeah. You guys were a great guitar duo, for sure. Yeah. There was a lot of fun shows. Um, do you remember that show we played that was, like, out in a big volleyball uh, complex that was, it was sand? I remember there was sand yeah. all everywhere, like. Was that the Yucatan Lucid stand? I think so. That, that, that sounds right, but I think that yeah, because I remember that was we had went on a little mini tour thing, I think, and we were coming back, I think, from Houston. Yep. And that was our last show uh, there, and there was absolutely nobody there. I remember that. <laughs> yeah, I think it was like it. I remember it was outdoors. <laughs> I just remember there being a bunch of stand, and yeah, but I just. You guys always sounded great, though. Yeah, we played, we played, we had some really good shows together where it was packed, and we had some shows where it was like that, where just you hit know, or miss like that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But they were always fun, though. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, I do yeah. remember that though, because I remember uh, we played uh, just as a joke, uh, and I don't even remember where the joke came from, but we played. We ended up playing uh, uh, "Cocaine" by Eric Clapton. Damn. 
I don't, uh, I don't know if you remember, remember that or if you were out there when we were playing that, but uh, there's yeah. a couple few people that were there that they were they were getting a kick out of it. We played it, of course, low gear style. Sure. Uh, I kind of miss actually. I kind of want to bring up that as a potential bring back to the to the guys at next practice. Mexican radio is killer. That song. That song is that great. One, that one actually, man. That that one. Uh, that that one's done a lot for us. Uh, we we actually believe it or not. Our biggest fan base um, is in Mexico and Brazil. <clears throat> really? Right wow. Yeah, it's a, yeah, it's a pretty huge numbers out there, and I think that that song has a lot to do with it uh, because I don't know, it just blew up. Well, Roach, he he's he's a mastermind behind marketing. I mean, he's that guy's just got a, a brain on him. That's sure. awesome. Um, but. He, he managed to kind of market us out there and shop us out there. And, uh, <clears throat> and so, yeah, we, we've kind of built ourselves a name out there and I know he heavily pushed that song and they're eating it up. It sounds killer. The production, the, the drums, the toms, that the way y'all did all of that and the way it all works together. It's, it's really killer. I like it a lot. Thank you, man. I've added to the, the YouTube plays probably at least, uh, at least 20 or 30. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Cool. You tipped yeah, in. I know, uh, it's in regular rotation for me. That's one of that one, and uh, um, I can't remember the name of it now. Man, I keep on blanking out. What is going on with me today? Hey, man, it's 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 hump day. That's is it gut truck? Huh? Is it gut truck? Do I have that right? Yeah, that's that's one of our songs. Yes, that's. The I don't one know if that's the one that you were listening to, but that's definitely. I one think of our it songs. is. Yeah, I think that's the one that I pulled up and was checking out. I pulled up a few random ones, and I listened to Erstwhile as well. But uh, uh, with Low Gear, was uh, Picture Show the first album that you did with them? Uh, yeah, yeah, that's that. That, that one we we spent some time writing that one. Uh, I I just prior to that, I just learned the the sick tune stuff, and you know we jammed on that for a long while. And then we're just like, hey, sure. it might be a good idea to kind of just you know write a new album, you know, with this lineup and. And so that's where Picture Show came into play. And we, uh, I remember piecing that, that one together. That was, it's kind of interesting. A lot of that was based on, uh, Gotti throwing out, uh, samples to everybody, those little sound samples. Yeah. And we would just, you know, take that sound and then write something off of that, you know, kind of thing. Uh, so that's how all that went. But that, that was a very much, you know, we, we spent a lot of time in the room collectively piecing that one, uh, together. Um, it was fun. It was interesting. Yeah. Fun. I remember the CD release that y'all had for that at Curtain. Didn't you do one at Curtain Club? No, the CD release. No, that wasn't at Curtain. That was at uh, Galaxy. Or at least it was a show at Curtain that maybe we played with y'all, and it was around the time. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, we we did we we did play. I think it was uh, the next show after that one. Yeah, was the Curtain Club. And so we, Galaxy we a... was where you actually did the CD release. Yeah. That... Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it. that and both shows, both both of those shows were were packed, you know, yeah. tremendously. Yeah. Nice, nice. Yeah. Um, so going chronologically with the albums, what comes after a picture show? What did y'all do after that? <clears throat> I mean, after pictures, that was the only album that I really did with them. Um, we we kind of rode that one for a while. Um. And then after that, I had to, I had some life complications going on at that time that I had to kind of take a you know a time out, uh, 
and just kind of focus on, you know, things. And so I, I had to kind of, you know, I had to kind of bow as a mutual part at that point. Uh, <clears throat> and they continued on and they jammed with uh, Matt, which is, I forgot what his like nickname was, but uh, he was in a, God, what was it? Now I'm starting to do, I'm, I'm drawing a blank here. Hold on. What band was he in? Angel on. Dick. Oh, I'm sorry. Remember the, you remember the band Angel Dick? Oh, absolutely. Yes. Okay. I'm glad you brought them up. Yeah. 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 So Matt, he, he came in and he, he, he was the next one uh, up with that. And then from there, Low Gear turned into, you know, so many different versions of Low Gear. Um, but, but yeah, I was, I was only in for that one album. And then that's whenever, you know, from between then and now, whenever we just got back together a couple of years ago to now. Uh, it was just me doing other stuff. Okay. Yeah. What comes after Low Gear in that chronological? Oh, Until I Fall, right? 2004. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah uh, well, I took some time. I'll say, uh, uh, well, I put on there when I sent that over to you. I, it was, it was be somewhere between 2004 and 2009, but I remember distinctively taking about probably about a year. Sure. And, you know, yeah. getting my shit together and, like, you know, mm -hmm. I had all kinds of stuff happening that I just had to, I had to, okay, life stuff, got to focus on it. Um, and then I did that. And then, uh, next thing you know, I ended up, you know, meeting up with, uh, I remember I met Tony, I met actually Tony, the singer of that band. And until I fall, um, I met him back when I was with low gear, uh, me and me and goat, we were at the bar having some tossing back some drinks after hours, you know, kind of thing. Yeah. Because um, yeah. we, we always went back there whenever they would close down and we would just, you know, have drinks with the crew and, you know, sit around and party and shit. And I remember Tony and his brother or cousin or whatever that came in. I was fucking blasted, loaded drunk. Um, and I'd already known Tony, you know, a little bit, but uh, that's kind of where I started really getting to know Tony. They came, him and his brother came in or cousin or whatever, uh, came in and we were hanging out and bullshitting and, I remember as they were walking out, I tossed the beer bottle just as a joke. Uh, the empty beer bottle across the way, mm. and it landed on the floor, and the and the, the glass shard went into his his cousin's ankle or whatever. Oh no! So that almost caused a fight. Uh, of course, I was just mm. being a drunk dumbass, you know, asshole. Right. Uh, and uh, but I remember we hooked up and we jammed after that, and then. Okay. I remember him telling me, he goes, man, I remember Sam, whenever I first met you, dude, I, I used to think that you were just a total, just, just an asshole. And he goes, but dude, you're just a big, silly, goofy, dumbass. <laughs> I couldn't agree more. <laughs> no, man, asshole would never be a word I'd use to describe you, man. No, you, you always seem pretty down to earth and chill, yeah. man, you know? Yeah. yeah. I don't know if it's the height thing or whatever, but... Uh... I don't know. I've heard that before. Some people thought that I was an a-hole, and I was like, I'm totally not. But One of my main memory, whenever that sticks out of you back then, from way, way back, like the ground level days, is your hair. I remember you having like the Wayne Static hair that kind yeah. of stood up, right? Am I remembering yeah. that? Yeah, I, I used to say, yeah. how, I, how I would style that is, is hilarious. Uh, I would sit there and headbang and then hang upside down until I'd and hang upside like, down and hairspray. Yeah, yeah, nice. <laughs> very, no. very, uh, very dumb process. <laughs> what was the uh, what was the kind of I don't want to say genre, but what 
what is the the main sound for until i fall <clears throat> what is what and what did you play in that band were you bass or guitar in that no band? it was guitar uh okay yeah and actually i wrote a majority of that music that was man so you were the main I was kind of like a cross huh i'm sorry you were you were the main writer in that one me, yeah, me and Tony, and, and yeah, I mean, everybody chipped in, but yeah, me and Tony, yeah. we definitely put a lot of that together, um, and mm. that was kind of like a cross-up between, like, Orgy and Deftones, uh, Corn a mm. little bit, but not even okay. Corn too much, maybe a little bit, you know, just some of their choruses, like, you know, that, that got a lot of influence from, based off of their choruses, uh, but yeah, it was kind of that genre, that new metal genre. Hang on just a second. <laughs> I'm getting a knock That's at the door. Yes. What's up? I love you. I love you too. I'll be done here in a little bit, okay? In about 20, 30 minutes, okay? Love you, nine. <laughs> I'll be out in a bit. I wanted to make an entrance. Close that other door for me. That's just that right there. That's liquid gold, man. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. She's my. She's. I love her to death. My daughter. As soon as as soon as she was born, dude, that changed. That changed my life. It changed me who I was. Um, absolutely. I, yeah. In the that best was a defining way, moment. Right? Life. It, it huh? changed who you are in the best way. Oh yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. It brought out the absolute best, and uh, that that brought out the maturity. I mean, prior to that, I was just running yeah. around being being stupid. Likewise, I didn't become a father until I was thirty-two. Uh, you know, right around thirty-two. Yeah, thirty-three. It was around uh, twenty fourteen. Yeah. Up until the point, up until that point, I hadn't had kids yet. You know, but and was I was about thirty-five, thirty-six. <clears throat> okay, I, I waited late in the game. God, thank God, though, because had I had a kid prior to that, uh, man, I don't know if I would have been ready for that. That was that was a different level of maturity I had going on. <laughs> Dude, yeah, yeah. I look back at my lifestyle back then, like whenever I was with Samsara, and I'm just, yeah, huh, yeah. yeah. Fun times, memories. though. A lot of good memories, but uh, yeah, I made a whole lot of mistakes too, man. Yeah, yeah. I was, you mentioned taking a break. I took a break and quit Samsara and what was supposed to be about a year break ended up being like a eight year break, nine year break, you know? And it was, it was a long time. And, uh, actually I'm, I'm with what I'm working on now, you know, Isle of Belisle, uh, that project, the reason that I do that is because I found it difficult in the age that I am now to collaborate with other people because, you know, first of all, I'm so far away from everybody. Yeah. So I just started, I built my own studio and started working on my own stuff and programming my own drums and kind of leaned into the limitations, I guess, because I didn't have a real drummer and I'm not a drummer and I love industrial stuff. So I kind of leaned into that sound, you know, to where it's like obvious that the drums are fake, you know, and they're right. very distorted and everything. So I just, you know, completely just, just dove into that side of it to where I'm not trying to make it sound like a real kit. I'm trying right. to manipulate it and have it all heavily affected. And you know, it's a computer, you know, so yeah, yep. that, you know, I didn't want to have that worry of trying to make it actually sound like a real kit, but yeah, 
I do. I do still love. You were, you were exploring. You, you were exploring yourself on all on all levels. You know, uh, yeah. as a musician, not just limiting yourself to a guitar player. Yeah, I bet. I bet. That's what I'm assuming. But yeah, no, you're absolutely right. Because up to that point, it was just guitar and bass. All I ever yeah. did was either flip back and forth between guitar and bass. Yeah, I didn't really expand beyond that. Meet, meet yeah. my drummer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hang on a second here. Let me. Aim this down, please. There it is. Okay. Oh, Randy, you got. It. Yeah. All right. So I need to pick your brain on that. That looks awesome. It's the Alesis. Uh huh. The Alesis B one forty nine. Okay. And uh, yeah, I, I pretty much just I'll sit there and and every, anything that I've done with Isla Bilal is usually just kind of a stream of consciousness, random thought, basically a musical thought that I'll have is what I call it, you know, because I'll just put something down. And that's why a lot of times, you know, it'll, it'll, it'll sound, there'll be mistakes in there that I'll leave too. I just leave the mistakes. Now, anything that I do with like Janardin and those guys, you know, the real stuff when we go record, I don't leave the right. mistakes. I try to get it perfect. But with, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. with Isle, I try to let it just be a spontaneous kind of nature to it. And you know what I mean? To where it's anything, even if, if it's a small mistake that doesn't sound too terrible, I just leave it. I don't even bother with it. I try not to. Well, and I know, I know you would, uh, you would reach out to me about that. Like, what started that? And I'm still even actually going through this. Unfortunately, is uh, I'm having technical issues with my uh, Persona software to where I can't even record right now. Um, and I, I just got intimidated by the, by the troubleshooting to the point where I just kind of temporarily just put it on the burner, and I haven't been messing too much with the recording. Oh, um, <clears throat> yeah. Oh, man, I, didn't realize I, that. I remember hearing that stuff that you were sending me and even the stuff that you're doing now. Yeah. I was just like, man, there's just so much cool shit that I could just put my hands on with that and add to that. There's a couple of songs in particular that I want you to add something to. Whenever I programmed the beats, I kind of had you in mind. Right. Um, but I can probably help you with that problem. Um, we should probably talk about it, you know, like after we do the, the episode we could probably i could probably okay. help troubleshoot something um i had to end up upgrading my whole computer because the one i had before this one just wasn't powerful enough for me i thought it was going to exactly. be but i, I mean, think that's kind of part of the problem what i've got going on now with my setup uh, I'm, I'm operating off of a laptop okay is it freezing on you does it keep on freezing up a little bit that and well right now i say like, i can't even get the uh the the signal to go through on the on the personas to, to my, for my interface. Okay. Well, uh, I'll, I'll definitely help you out with that. And like yeah. I said, I can, I can edit some of this. Sorry. Hang on a second. All good. Uh, uh, Brenda wanted me to make her something, but I don't know what her, to make her. She said, make me, make her anything. And I don't know how to make and, and I don't, and she just, I need y'all to not bother me because I'm talking to somebody right now and I'm recording something. So figure it out, but do something that you don't have to cook right now, and I'll make her something when I'm finished, okay? okay. I'll make her something when I'm finished, but for right now, grab cereal or something like that that doesn't have to be cooked, okay? I'll be out there in a minute, okay? okay. Man, y'all are dude, she, she, she reminds me just like my daughter, dude. Yeah? <laughs> her and my daughter, her and my daughter, I guarantee I can already tell you right now within those few seconds, I already yeah. know for a fact that your daughter and my daughter would be like besties, <laughs> hardcore. 
Okay. Is there a, you know what? I might need to pause this for a second and go, is there any way I can pause for a moment and go take care of this real quick? So you they go right ahead. I don't want them to, uh, I mean, I could even just leave it rolling for a second and I can come yeah. right back. If you could give me about five minutes, I apologize. And like I said, I can edit this. Hey, um, what I'll do is in the meantime, it's probably yeah. going to sound like crap, but in the meantime, I'm going to jam out a little bit. Absolutely. Go right ahead. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's, I think that's great, actually. Yeah. If you want to play something from Logear or something like that, go right ahead. Nah, I don't know. Or you want to just random, you know? Yeah. Just throw the stuff. I'll be right back. No, no, it's actually kind of good? clear. I'm, I'm getting it. Yeah, I can tell exactly what you're playing. Yeah. Okay. 
Right on. <clears throat> I didn't even know you were back. No, that was pretty rad. Yeah. Right on. What, what kind of uh, what kind of gear are you playing on, by the way, right now? Or what kind of amp? I've got a Kemper. Oh, cool. I got something similar. I've got the... Uh, it's the rack, the rack mounted one. Here's the uh, here's the foot switch for it. Okay. Yeah, and the I've got the rack right here on, under my desk. Right. Um, in like a road case. Okay. I just now I've got that Kemper, and I'm I mean it's there's a lot to it, a lot. So yeah. I'm still getting it down. Yeah. I feel uh, you. I got I've got the uh, Axe Effects too. Uh, that, that, that's like a oh yeah that's a sweet one is that a paul reed smith yeah it's a custom custom 24 oh wow yeah reeds are oh that's that's a, yeah that's a, that's a good one is that one um i've got the kipper and then the one the one i have that you like that paul reed smith is for standard and then i have this for drop c i love that <laughs> the Dun the I might honestly, I'm, 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 might rip you off and actually buy that one just because you, you know, you have that, and I've, I've seen you play it. I've, I've heard the tone off of it. I know uh, it's killer. Yeah, I may copycat you on that one. Go right ahead. A lot of people were playing them like uh, the Periphery guys were playing them before me. You know that band Periphery? <clears throat> oh, yeah. oh yeah. They were playing one that was kind of like an electric blue. The Black Pit Guard, and uh, it has a cool name. I, I might be wrong, but I believe the nickname of that black guitar is the Dunnable R2DE. I think that's what it's called. The R2, so it's supposed to be like uh, R2D2. That's basically what I thought. Yeah, hold on. I think that was the intention there. <clears throat> this guy, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm a Star, I'm a Star Wars look, not not a nut, but a fan. Like I don't have like you know bedroom you know bed sheets that are Star Wars sheets and all that stuff. But you know. <laughs> no, I saw um, I saw the prequel trilogy in theaters, but I I wasn't old enough to actually see the original movies in theaters, but. Uh, but I, I I love those flicks, yeah. I saw them on good old VHS tape. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, this uh, Kemper, you were asking about my gear. I was trying to consolidate with the Kemper, to because I have a lot of different um, a whole lot of different delays for all these different songs, uh, uh, different delay timings and different effects for each song, and I have like over 120 songs now with Isle of Belisle. So I thought yeah. with Kemper, I could just program it all in there and it's like an all in one kind of thing. So it's very simple, you know, and trying to really, you know, instead of having all these different heads and all these different yep. pedals and all that stuff, I can't do, afford do a little that. tap dance just to get, just to get one effect that you're trying to go for on one riff. You did it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There's a, there's a cool feature on this pedal board where, you can do different things like have the delay hold for a second to yeah. where it just holds it and you know on infinite for a moment and then right. you can place something else up under it that's running at the same time you know yeah. so it's, it's got a lot of really cool features but i've only just begun to understand it though it's so vast like there's so much to it 
I've got I've got a similar setup. Like I've got I'll show you. I've got the uh, Axe FX two. Now, granted, it's not the most the newest model, um, but same thing. Here, let me turn oh, I'd on love to see that actually. Yeah, the Axe FX. Flip on the floodlights. <clears throat> Reverse it. I don't know if I can or not. Well, either way, I'll right here. Sweet. Okay. But yeah, so I got my, you know, my Axe Effects 2. Um, got my Crown Power Amp and then my Furman Power Conditioner and then my wireless. And then it's all in a... But yeah, this thing right here, like, you know, because I plug it up to my computer, I go online, I do my tweaks, download the tones, set the, you know, the cab, the mic placement of the cab and all that stuff. Um, and doing all that... <clears throat> Uh, that man, <laughs> it's like it's like giving yourself a college degree at that point. Absolutely, there's a lot to it. Yeah. Hey. Um, I was gonna go back to uh, sweet. Here we go. Negative two six three. Yeah, I love that man. Get to that point. I was I wanted to talk a little bit about how that came to be. And, uh, you know, the trips to Abilene and all that, you know, jamming with those guys in the beginning. Yeah. That, that was just overall very fun and very, uh, uh, educational experience uh, on all, really on all levels on both sides. Uh, I mean, yeah. we were definitely, we partied like Pantera. We partied, I mean, it was full blown, you know, barrel proof whiskey, slamming them back, you know, kicking them back and have, having fun, making asses out of ourselves and not giving a fuck if we are or not, uh, to very, you know, professional precision, you know, toe the line kind of, kind of mixture of both worlds, uh, going on all at once. But yeah, I used to drive from Dallas to Abilene every weekend to rehearse uh that that was yeah but it was cool it, it was cool though you know it's like a lot of people they just be i mean after a while i did get a little tiresome i actually moved out there for about two or three weeks out to abilene just so i got tired of the back and forth and there was some talk at that point that we were um discussing with the label at that point as uh, with warner brothers a division off of warner brothers um and there was some talk about it touring that was going to become heavier. And, and at that point it just made better sense for me to be more local at that point. But then, sure. You know, I started to miss home. Uh, so I was like, you know what? It, it just, it was not working out. Uh, it wasn't, uh, the, I guess the detail or the stuff that we were talking about wasn't, wasn't, you know, manifesting, uh, sooner than or as soon as i thought it would so i ended up coming back home and you know coming back to dallas and man i, I love abilene i love visiting him but i'm a dallas boy I, that, that showed me right there i'm a total dallas boy um yeah, yeah. that's a di different different way of living you know com abilene compared to here uh but i love <laughs> the people out there I love visiting there huh i said absolutely i played a lot of shows out there with some sara yeah yeah and that's what that's what what uh, drove me, or that's what drew, uh, drew me to, like you know, trying to live out there is because the people out there in the music scene uh, yeah. was just awesome. 
Uh, and I was like, hell yeah, we'll give this a try. And just didn't work out for whatever reason. But, uh, but yeah, I, I had a lot of fun in that band. We played with, uh, we, we did shows and little tour sprints with like, you know, larger acts. Uh, we, we did some shows with like, or did show with uh, Mudvayne and Static X on one show. I forgot that was out in Lubbock. I forgot the name of the theater that we did a show with them, but, uh, we did a show with them. We did a show with Papa Roach in the, I think the convention center in Abilene. Um, that one was really cool. Uh, we played the, uh, <clears throat> I think that was in 2019. We played the, uh, in San Antonio, played Mayhem Fest as a side stage thing, but still a lot of people at that one. I mean, there was probably pro- close to about 10,000 people out in that parking lot that day. And it was, it was a hot as hell day. It was like people, little pieces of bacon walking on a skillet. <laughs> yeah. Pretty yeah. much, pretty much how that whole layout was going down. But, the energy from the crowd that day, and there's a song that I actually have up on YouTube that there's up on up on YouTube that uh of, that we captured from a cell phone recording uh, of us playing a song that day. If you just type in like negative two six three live, you'll mm-hmm. see it pop up. It'll say San Antonio Mayhem Fest or whatever. But yeah, I'll check it out real quick while you're. That whole experience, man, that, that was just very, very rock star fun. Uh, I got to really dip my toe in that, in that rock star fun pool, you know, just like what it's like to be out on the road kind of deal. And uh, just being idiots with your, with your bandmates, but still at the same time being professionals. Absolutely. Yeah. But <clears throat> How many years were you in negative two six three? And did you? Uh, did you? It was like a year or two. A year or two. Okay. Yeah, a lot of the sprints that I did was actually just about a year or two, maybe a couple few years, and then right. just you know life happens, you know, and and uh, and you move on. Absolutely. Uh, a lot of mine were only about two years as well, two and a half years, something like that. Yeah. The blink of an eye. Whenever I look back on it now. Yeah. Yeah. Little, little flashes in the pan, you know. Yeah. Did you record a little, little, a little little sample of experiences, you know? Yeah. That's kind of what's cool about all the recordings is each one of those is a little snapshot of that time period, you know, mm-hmm. looking back on it. Yeah. <clears throat> so after picture show, what was your next like recorded record? Did you do something with negative two six three? Did you go like record a record with those guys? Uh, no, no, because it went from, uh, went from until I, it went from low gear to until I fall. I'm sorry. Yeah. Did it, did until I fall ever do any like official releases or do anything at all? We, well, we did a, we did not really official release. That was the, that was the unfortunate part, man. That, that, that band had a lot of potential. Uh, we recorded some stuff, but we just, we had a three song demo that we put together and that one had Ed on it. Um, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah, okay. Did. All right. Yeah, that's that's where Ed came into the play, and uh, then we did another, just a single song. Uh, it was "Enjoy the Silence." We did a, a, a Depeche Mode cover. Sweet. And that one, that one, we had Bradley on, and I actually I, mm-hmm. I watched the uh, the first uh, episode that you did where you did it with Bradley, mm-hmm. and I didn't know was he in Samsara. No, he tried out for Samsara, though. 
whenever okay. Ed left, whenever Ed left Samsara, uh, right before we found Rob, uh, Bradley tried out for us, and he did a damn good job too. Did a great uh, job. Yeah. Okay, because I was just I was like, man, I had two different drummers from Samsara, and and until I fall, that was kind of you know what was going on in my head there. Uh, I was like, wow, that's that's a trip. Yeah. Uh, no, he was but, with us for like a, I want to say like a week or two. He came out and jammed with us for a week or two, and then we tried Rob out, and then we never tried anybody else out after Rob. Yeah, yeah. He just, Bradley, he just kind of clicked at that point. Yeah, Bradley was excellent though. He was really solid. You know, I mean, it, yeah. Yeah. Bradley's a great dude. He was fun to talk yeah. to. Yeah, I, I had fun with him while while he was in Until I Fall, uh, and that was that. We just did I think the one song. From my understanding, I think we might have recorded some other ones, but that just never uh, manifest. Uh, never, we never finished. I think yeah. um, it might have been that, but I know we had the one because we put it up on MySpace and all that stuff. And I remember him being—he's he's just a just a tight in the pocket drummer, but also at the same time adding his own. You know, he he adds his own character. I've always enjoyed his drumming. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. yeah he's got great feel. For sure. Yeah. Um. So, uh, okay. So, did negative two six three? You said you didn't record with them. Uh, where where did no? You we we did. I, I did record with negative two six three. We we went to the studio. We we dropped down about ten grand with uh with Alex Gerst on okay. that album. With Alex Gerst, I've heard that name before. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Yep. I uh, that was the first time I had uh, worked with Alex Gerst was was that one uh that was the autumn uh, autumn's winter album okay um so yeah we we uh we went all in on that one that, that was a, that was actually i mean i of course i had prior studio experience you know prior to that um you know with of course you know low gear and all that stuff um and until i fall but that one really showed me what it's like to like a big budget you know, kind of recording what, what that experience is like. Um, so, but yeah, with negative two, six, three, we, we, we spent probably two weeks to a month in the studio, just hammering shit out with, with Alex Gerst and his old, his back whenever it was, his, his old Indian trails location. Indian trail. Uh, okay. I don't know if you ever been out there. He had a, it was a no. trailer. Um, I remember there was one time that the, the girlfriend I had at the time, or I guess you can call her a girlfriend, uh, she gave me a ride up to the <laughs> to the studio. I was I was finishing out some uh, some guitar tracks, and uh, she drove a, a Firebird. It was like an older model Firebird, mm -hmm. and and the fucker literally caught on fire. And I remember Alex Gerst uh, when we pulled out, we, we had all you know we had to put it out. And he was like, he goes, "It's the on Firebird." <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> yeah, just uh, <laughs> yeah. So good, good memories came from all that too. Uh, yeah. But yeah, that was that was my first experience with working with uh with Gerst on that one. Uh, nice. Uh, nice. Yeah, he's he, he he. I love working with him. We got this smart ass relationship, you know, in the studio going on, where it's uh kind of just like you know, give or take, you know, but. Cool. I think he was. Uh, I think he came up in the conversation with uh, my other band with Janardin that we do nowadays, Thieves. I think somebody brought him up whenever we were talking about mixing, getting the album mixed. Yeah, yeah. He's he's got quite a track record. That's cool. I bet that was a nice studio. 
I would, yeah, yeah. I would heavily recommend you y'all recording with them. Y'all are just still doing thieves. I take it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I would yeah. highly recommend y'all y'all giving that a whirl because y'all, I mean, get ready to relearn your songs afterwards, you know, because it'll be on a whole nother, you know how it is. You go to the studio sure. and then you add the layers and change this part or that part. And next thing you know, you're having to relearn your songs, but uh, yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. He's, I love working with, with, with him in that studio. Nice. I go to. Um, so erstwhile, I wanted to ask you about them because I noticed, I didn't realize, you know, it was a super group uh edgewater i love that band yeah. uh yeah. like the punisher soundtrack yeah. back in the day i loved that soundtrack so much and the song they did on there eyes wide shut i mean that's like one of my favorite songs <clears throat> of all time yeah i love the song still today um but yeah it was uh fair to midland low gear edgewater uh, uh, advent edgewater. um uh, loaded moses and uh, yeah that's it. yeah well, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. it. Man, what a combination. It, it's yeah. a little bit of a super group, but local who, super who? group anyways, but yeah. Um, and actually, we the, the very beginning of Erstwhile, we had two members from Fair to Midland involved. We had uh, both Matt from the, uh, on keyboards, and we had Brett on drums. Uh, he was our first member. The, the okay. song that you pulled up earlier that you uh, that you sent me the link on, uh, that the answer, that was with Brett hours yeah on there so yeah okay. he did that song with us and uh you know just things happen lifey stuff um he decided that he just kind of wanted to more zone in on i think he was wanting to zone in on schooling or something something was taking place there he wanted to put all his focus on so uh we we ended up going with another uh finding another dr like drummers and then just from there we kept replacing drummers it seemed like uh yeah. Yeah, it's really hard keeping a drummer. Um, that's the thing I remember about it. It's hard even finding a drummer. I mean, I've had a couple of bands that have completely faltered recently yeah. because we can't even find yeah. one. We can't find a drummer. So yeah, yeah, I feel you on that. Yeah, yeah. I, I honestly, but you know what? I was surprised with how uh, resilient we were with being able to find a drummer. Yeah, after drummer after drummer how we were able to just keep pulling the rabbits out of the hat uh sure and just coming up just with this endless supply of drummers but um you know it was just i don't know it was just we, we were just lucky in that sense that except for the last you know the the last tidbit which is partially the reason why that uh first while is not together to today or not really we're not really broken up but we're not together but we're just like on a very sure. long-winded hiatus. Um, and part of that's because of the drummer issue. Uh, finding a good, solid drummer that will stay in there. Because we don't want to keep replacing a drummer after a drummer. We want to find our guy, you know, kind of thing. Um, right. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, but, but yeah, the, the actually the first album that we had, <clears throat> or the only album that we had, um, we had three different drummers on that album. It was Brett in the beginning and then okay. it was Mike Moya from Plastic Tongue he was on there on a couple of songs oh wow uh, and then Jason Hood I don't know <clears> if you <throat> ever heard of Jason Hood but um, I, I forgot what bands these came from but uh, but you know he's solid ass drummer I mean that's uh, probably one of the sure. best drummers I've ever jammed with in my entire life 
Uh, but yeah. he finished out the rest of the album. And so like that whole album was compiled with three different drummers, uh, which was kind of crazy, but cool, you know? <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Well, it's a great combination. Uh, Alex's boys with your uh -huh. guitar together. I mean, it works really well that's, together. It really that's does. what was actually all intentional. Like we, we actually, we spent, let's put it this way. We spent four years in the rehearsal room before even ever playing a show like three or four years uh and it was very much in intentional of why he was even really even selected to begin with uh when we were picking out our singer we approached him because he had that deep voice and and very melodic and very cryptic kind of you know, lyrical content yeah. Yeah. um so all that was very intentional and then furthermore when we got together and started putting the album together and piecing it all together we so like we you know we we had that discussion so many times him and i like hey there, there needs to be that in that there is but we need to really capture on that romance between the ambient shit that i'm doing and your vocals and just really mesh that to just really capture that that's very very vital to to making this you know stand out and we did that, you know, I, I feel like we probably could have yeah. done a little bit more, yeah. but we, we actually put uh, the album together with, with a kind of like a concept album approach, you know, based on that and other emotional uh, key points, I guess. Um, but the, 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 the making of that album, you should have seen behind, you should have been a fly on the wall on that one between me, Matt and, and Alex. Uh, yeah. We were the three main brains behind it, and of course, everybody chipped in though. Uh, but me, me, Alex, and, and Matt were just the crate. This is, I remember just going over to Matt's house and just his his little his little Mac, you know, computer and his keyboards. There, we'd just be sitting there just hour after hour, just putting together like little sound effects. And I mean, it it, sure. it felt like Pink Floyd level layers of production. Uh, with with the amount of work that we put into it, I would love to. Uh, I would actually love to come. I've always wanted to make a documentary, like a little mini documentary, about a band making a record. Yeah. So if you guys erstwhile ever you know do do another record, if you ever decide to do another one, I'd love to come and document some of it. You know, on a day or two, maybe you know, and if the guys were okay with it, I'd love to. You know document the process i've always wanted to do that i'd be down with it Capture that. I'd, be, I'd be totally i think that's that's a totally cool idea and we've we've talked uh we've 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 we still even talked even just recently uh we've talked about the idea of you know fitting because we've got a whole slew of you know material that's just sitting there on the burner that's excellent i'd have to relearn it all uh but at this point but uh but it's excellent material it's like even if not the same if not the as good if or better than the the album that we released uh really good sure. material so yeah i mean it's possible that it could happen but we'll just kind of see what happens you know from it sure alex he's always been one of my favorite vocalists down there in the lm scene i remember <clears throat> always always being impressed by loaded moses whenever we would play with them <laughs> so i'm sorry i got to play with him quite a bit back yeah. in the day and he's a great vocalist yeah. and uh, front really, man really uh, what is, uh, there's a little EP they did. Uh, I think there's a song called maybe days, but anyway, yeah, there's a little EP that loaded Moses did. That's one of my favorites. Uh, it's great. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> oh, 
Let me go. I wanted to go into modern low gear okay. for a minute and talk about that. Let me go get some water real cool. quick. Cool. I'm actually going to do the same. dry mouth really bad yeah me too of course i, I just killed a Ooh. bottle of wine while we were talking that, nice uh, that's probably what did it <laughs> <laughs> um what sparked the thing with low gear because man it sounds great what you guys went back and did again i know i mentioned it earlier but mexican radio uh, but also the sick tunes what you guys did you know you went back and kind of updated everything that was pretty sweet yep. i wanted to ask about about yeah well i mean it just it really just started that um because it was creeping up on the uh the 20th anniversary of sick tunes uh yeah and so you know they they had reached out to me uh i think that they were trying to really do it originally with rojo the original guitar player and then stuff was just happened where it just wasn't coming together you know like they like i guess they wanted it to um so they reached out to me and said hey you know uh Obviously, you know, we, we were going to do this with him, but we ultimately would, we want to get this done and you're the obvious, you know, next choice for this reunion. Um, cause I'd come in at that you know, somewhere in 2001, uh, after that album birthed and new material like the yeah. back of my hand. Um, so I said, hell yeah, of course, you know, so it really, it started off as just being a, a one show <clears throat> idea just to celebrate that one. And then the talk of maybe doing the same thing with a uh, picture show and revisiting that one. Uh, sure. And that was pretty much the extent of it. But then we all got in the room, you know, and, and that, as, as it usually goes, you know, one thing leads to another, you start feeling those nostalgic vibes and like, man, it's like something about that chemistry between the lineup, um, you know, between that, that, those five people, uh, on the yeah. picture show yeah. album that it was just really, I don't know. It was just the way that we operated, you know, writing wise, business wise, you know, there wasn't a whole lot of headbutting. There wasn't a whole lot of, uh, nose, uh, a lot of going against the grain. It was just, it just worked, you know, kind of as a system. We, it's like, we had a system going on. We still do. Uh, <clears throat> and so we just continued it on and started, you know, just, revisiting both sick tunes and uh picture show stuff and started playing shows just you know more shows uh and now we're in the process of you know writing new stuff uh, Gotti did have to uh bow out you know for personal reasons he had uh, personal stuff going on um and so we got into rick nagler uh i don't know if you know who he is but 
Very cool guy. Who, huh? who did he play he with? He played drums for uh, Kill for Mother. Uh, he plays guitar for Lud. Uh, okay. He plays, uh, He's. I know he's played with other bands. Real cool guy. Very talented guy. Uh, very solid drummer, solid yeah. guitar player. Everything he does is real super solid. Funny as hell. Right. Uh, I always enjoy being in the jam room with him. You know, it's a cutting up and uh, we kind of got the same brand of humor going on a little bit. Uh, so, but, uh, so he, he's, he's been very cool. The very cool, you know, replacement coming in, replacing Gotti. Um, and now, now we're just, you know, continuing on, you know, isn't that him playing on Mexican no, radio? No, that's Gotti. Yeah. That's Gotti on Mexican radio. Yeah, that's okay. Gotti on that one. Okay. Uh, okay. Have you guys tracked it with him yet? Have you guys tracked anything We with him did yet? just recently release two songs. Uh, one is mm -hmm. Pushing Godzilla, and the other one is Solo. Uh, I believe those are on our, uh, on our iTunes page. And we promoted it a little bit, yeah. you know, on, on Facebook. Uh, but, but, yeah, we're, we're writing more. We're just doing, instead of creating a whole album we're just doing a couple songs at a time and then kind of releasing them as they as they come out you know kind of thing this is you know what what all the bands are doing really uh right yeah i mean there's not really an album format anymore that matters you know it's like it kind of it you know it makes sense what you guys are doing and you know just single songs because yeah. that's kind of how people consume music now you to, know me, I mean? to me it's a, to me it's a shame because like uh, I always, uh, I like album writing, and even furthermore, like you know, I, I, I tried doing it with Erstwhile a little bit and was semi-successful. But I want to, yeah. I want to try. I still have not reached my peak goal of wanting to create a, a, a solid concept album or two, kind of like Pink Floyd, The Wall, you know, where it's a kind of a storyboard kind of thing going on. Um, I'd like to do that with Low Gear, honestly. I've talked with Low Gear about that on with Roach, especially uh, on several occasions about putting something together that has that kind of uh, sick tunes type of depth and dimension and sickness, you know that that yeah that crazy you know vibe and taking that to the next level and building a storyboard line from front to album just of just something sick and chaotic and just something that just really creeps people out, but on a very theatrical level. Um, yeah. I'd, I'd really like to That's accomplish not... that. But, you know, again, you got that working against you, you know, with the, the industry kind of uh, being more aimed towards singles and whatever. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you can have like 10 songs that kind of have like a overarching theme that all kind of tie uh, together and then release them strategically over the course of like a month yeah. or two. And have it all tied, you know, kind of to the sure. same idea, same concept. Uh, that's what Sleep Token's doing. You know what I mean? They've got like a, they've got an entire. Another band board. I love. Uh, yeah. Me too. Yeah. I love that they've got like an entire lore and kind of backstory going too. You know, it's really yeah. cool. I wanted to ask you about, you, you mentioned Erstwhile had a, a concept, a concept record. Did you want to mention anything at all about that, about what that concept was? I'd like to hear about that. Actually. I mean, it's not really, it's not really paid on a certain thing. Um, I mean, it was about kind of a girl. Uh, that, that's more of a, that, that would be a question that you'd probably want to ask Alex about um, if you okay. ever get him on here. I got you. 
Uh, sure, I, I, I sure. more just you know you know how it is you know you write you write the depth of the music and, and you're even though the, the the guitar parts are not words they can kind of speak words. Uh, they they can yeah. set the tone yeah. of emotion and so I guess from from that angle from my involvement with it was just more or less creating that story with setting certain emotional things in place sure. and uh, that seemed to make sense. I don't know if this makes sense, but it seemed to make sense in order at, uh, as it flowed. I yeah. got you. Yeah. And doing that in con in conjunction with, you know, with, you know, speaking with the, the, the vocals, like, you know, with what they're putting down word wise, especially scattering the songs yeah. and when you write them and all that, it's very difficult to do, to create a concept album based on all that, those little chaotic parts moving and piecing all that together. Absolutely. Yeah. It is. And actually, you know what? Uh, I mean, if, if you're, if you're ever interested in doing this, just uh, of course, whenever you have time and I have time. And of course, after I fix my uh, little technical stuff, if you would ever be interested in, uh, in working on some sort of conceptual, uh, oh man, music, I'd love to, uh, yeah, just for fun. I mean, it doesn't have to be anything oh, absolutely. serious. Yeah. I mean, it'd be cool. Oh, absolutely. I can uh, I can create maybe the samples and the beats and come up with some backbones for songs and send that to you. <laughs> and you could uh, maybe add some guitar and bass to it. Well, and also I've got, I've cool. got ways, I think, well, I've got, I don't know if you ever heard of the program called Damage. I've yeah. got Damage too. Yeah. I just haven't been able to successfully... Uh, <laughs> do anything with it yet because of the, the issues I have going on, but I've got that and yeah. I've got ways I've got regular drums uh, programmed to where I, you know, can actually map out some, uh, some, some stuff that would sound pretty cool, like regular drum beat and, you know, cinematic percussion. But that's a, that's another story for another. Sounds awesome. No, no, no. That sounds, that sounds awesome. I would love to do that. Yeah. I'm, I'm absolutely down for that. That's why I sent you some ideas in the past. I just didn't realize you were having trouble. I'll uh, I'll definitely after this I'll send you some stuff on uh, and I between me and my buddy Jason, my other bandmate uh, Jason, uh, we can definitely help you out and figure out what's going on. Okay, for sure. Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah, yeah. I mean, no as soon as I get that, that up and going, it's man, it's just the the the, the stuff yeah. is just going to start flowing out at that point um, of what I can put down. I had to up my computing power here before I could get mine to run correctly. So, you know, that was one of the things I had to do. It might be part of the issue but, I might run into, but yeah. Um, but yeah, going back to the, the earth wall thing, like the, the concept, the, um, the con concept thing, that was just something that uh, was intentional, but at the same time, uh, organic, uh, I, the reason why I don't really understand lyrically, and I, I'm sure you've probably gone through this before, where you, it's like whenever your singer writes something, you understand a kind of a portion of what they were talking about or what they were meaning or expressing, but you may not really fully yeah. get it. And especially with Alex, he was a very cryptic lyric writer. Um, it's kind of made it hard to understand what, what he was uh, singing about to sure. know, our songs. It, I, you know, I'm in the band. I don't even know. Sometimes uh, for a while there, I said, I don't even know what the hell you're saying. <laughs> but, uh, but later on it kind of grew and it's just one of those things that you understand, but you can't explain it. 
No, that's the beautiful thing about lyrics. You know, everybody can have their own interpretation and on it, and it can mean a different something different to everybody. Yeah. That's what's so cool yeah. about it. Yeah. yeah, it's one of those things that give the, give, give the album a listen and you know dive in and fuck around and find out. You know. Yeah. Exactly. Well, I, I really like the erstwhile stuff. I think it's a cool combination of whatever combo of people y'all put together with that. It's really cool. And uh, the new Low Gear stuff is amazing. Yeah. When when is Low Gear playing again? We actually uh, have a show coming up. Got... I got a whole stack of whole stack of tickets here, but yeah. uh, right here, February twenty third. It uh, it's called the Havoc at at, at Haltom. Uh, we're playing with Lockjaw and Dispositions, and lots Sweet. of other bands. Uh, for, be my first time ever playing at Haltom Theater. Uh, I actually went out there for the first time. Uh, well, I don't know, a week or two ago. Uh, I grew up out in Halton City, so it was a very nostalgic trip for me. But uh, I'm glad to see that you know the Halton and Halton City in general is, is is being put on the map musically because that's that was my stomping grounds. Uh, yeah, really? yeah. I just played there. I just played at the Halton Theater probably uh, God within the last like couple of months. I just, that my last show was at was at the Halton. Okay. where I played at. Well, what did you what did you think yeah. from your experience? Oh, dude, I, I loved it. It was totally laid yeah. back. You know, I was nervous as hell when I first got there because I'd never been out there uh -huh. before. But whenever I got there, I wasn't worried at all. It was totally cool. Laid back. It had like a small town feel right. to it. Really old, really old school yep. theater. And there's two, there's two main areas. The day that I played, it was called Torch Fest. And there'd be one band playing up in the main theater uh -huh. area. And then when that band was done, another band would start up in the front yeah. room. And that man would play for about thirty minutes, and then they'd go back and forth. Yeah, you know, swapping. Yeah, just make sure that constantly uh, there's there's constant entertainment flowing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure you guys are probably playing up in the yeah, main yeah. theater up in I there. I believe so. Cool. Uh, I, I hope so. <laughs> uh, Long but yeah, yeah, we we uh, we we got that show going on um, coming up. So I've got tickets for that. If anybody wants to hit me up for that, definitely hit me up. I've got plenty of tickets to sell here. Uh, we've done, we've, we've sold a, okay. we've sold a good amount so far. Uh, I, was, I was actually pretty, pretty surprised on how quickly we sold a, a good chunk. Um, That's so awesome. It, sh it should be, it yeah. should be a very cool show. And I also got, um, got something coming up uh, in the works possibly, and I'm not going to say for sure, but it involves an old school deep Ellum uh, venue uh that that i admire and i'm not going to go into detail but i will say it's the old uh, uh deep elm live venue something oh, okay. that's that's coming yeah. up in the works uh there i believe it's going to be at that venue i'm not 100 percent sure but that's about the extent of where i'm going to go with it because i can't speak anything beyond that but that sure. uh that sure. venue has been brought up and i believe is pretty a solid uh double thumbs up on it as a go <laughs> uh and with that is going to come a lot of cool, uh, cool news. Uh, it's going to be a good show. <laughs> I really want to say more yeah. than what I'm supposed to, but I'm not going to. Um, okay. Yeah, no, I know what venue you're talking about. It's over on Cam, yeah. right? Deep yeah. Going Live? Yeah. I saw a lot of great shows back in the day there. That's a great venue. Oh, yeah. I saw Ultra Spank there. I saw Ultra Spank, Static Like a little X. mini bomb factory or the factory or whatever yeah. it's called now. Great. Yeah. I remember the bomb factory too. I saw a silver chair at the bomb factory in 1995. Yeah. That was yeah. pretty wild. Yeah. yeah. 
bomb back whenever it was called the bomb factory. Yeah. But that, that, that one is, it's going to be probably more aimed towards this summer, uh, sometime. Uh, yeah. But yeah, uh, it, but it's kind of hush, hush it, stuff. Well, for right Can't now, because it's, it's yeah. very much in the, uh, in the very beginning stages. And you know, actually what I'll do is I'll, I'll, uh, I'll add you because there's a group on Facebook, a little private group uh, that's going on. That's uh, where it's being discussed. Uh, it, okay. it, it's been discussed publicly. It's it's a thing called Furry Fest. I don't know if you ever heard of heard, heard of that bouncing around. Uh, that was no. the original name, but I think he's going to change the name. Uh, okay. But it's a friend of mine uh, that's a that's you know a pro uh, lighting tech pro level of lighting tech yeah. that has been in the industry for years, went pro many years ago. Uh, he almost went and worked as a tech, uh, as part of the group with Pantera. Um, uh, but, but yeah, he, he's nice. putting something together. Um, and there's, I'll, I'll, I'll send you the, I'll invite you to the groups. That way you can kind of see what's going on. Do you, uh, when you play with low gear, do you bring your cabs or do you just take that ax effects and go like straight to the front of the house? Like, no, no, I'll bring my cabs. Like, I'll bring, here, I'll show you. Um, I'll bring. Yeah, I was going to ask you about your cabs earlier. Mesa. I don't know if yeah. you, can you see that? Yeah. Okay, so that's that's my yeah. Mesa cabinet. That's, that always goes uh, with me, whether if it's practice okay. or shows or whatever. Sometimes I'll just be right. running that and my Axe Effects rack mount. Sometimes I'll bring this cab, which is usually just my at-home. That's a Line 6 cab. Uh, yeah, but uh, I'll, you know, uh, I'll sometimes bring that if it if it's like a larger show. Um, yeah, turn this around. If it's like a larger show, or if it's a show that because the running those two together um, creates a little bit of a tone complement, you know, because like the the line six cabinet is a little bit more high end, more mid range friendly, and yeah, the. You know the the Mesa cab has pretty much all of the above. It's got an extended low end. Um, it's got a good mid range, good you know little you know good good high range, but more mid and low range focused. And so to blend with nice. all of that, if I want a good blend with all of that, depending on the kind of show it is, then I'll bring both my cabinets. Um, but uh, but yeah, I mean it's generally it's it's at least you know the the Mesa cabinet and my. Axe effects, right mount, and that whole case there you saw. Yeah, sweet. At least that. Okay. And usually, just one one of the guitars, if not both, both, just in case if I need a backup or whatever. But yeah. Yeah. And that what was that ticket link again for your show? Uh, what was it? Well, the link for just your tickets, hit me because uh, it, does, it doesn't oh, really okay. have a link just up. yet. Uh, we're going to develop a link uh, to where people can go onto, I believe, our site. And and buy okay. tickets there for right now. It's just hit me up, and then we'll figure out a way how to get you these tickets in person. So just on your page, Sam or Corey. Yeah, yeah. Just just yeah. hit me up or low gear. Okay. Either 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 which one. Yeah. Or low gear. Okay. Yep. Got it. It's gonna be a hell of a show. Dude. It's, it's right. gonna be a, a damn good turnout, especially with us lot jaw and, and dispositions. Um, something something cool about that happens whenever we play with lot jaw. It's just for whatever reason there's a. There's a good vibe to that. It always puts off a good show. We played with uh, Disposition at the last uh, originally Metal Fest. Uh, we mm -hmm. played with Lockjaw and Disposition. Huh? 
I remember seeing the picks from that. Yeah, show, yeah. Uh, that, that one. That one was a, a a good one, and and the one before. The one before, I don't think dispositions was on. Um, if they were, I don't remember. I don't think they were on the same stage, but, um, uh, but yeah, I mean the 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 last one with dispositions, they did a one hell of a job. I was just like my jaw was on the floor. I was like, wow, you guys are. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, oh. Okay. So, so between between us three, and then of course all the other bands that are involved on that, um, you know, you got uh, Kill House, which is another band that is fairly new, new and up, upcoming band. Um, I've heard a lot of great things coming from them, and and uh, we're, we're we're just we we know it's going to be a banger. It's going to be one of those ones that you don't want to miss out on. So get hit, hit me up, get tickets. Do you guys uh, do you guys play? Uh, do you guys ever put Mexican radio? In the live set, we we tried experimenting with that once or twice, and it just doesn't. That's that's more of a, just a you know a media song. Uh, I mean, sure. we, it sounds good when we play it, but it just doesn't. I don't know. It doesn't. It doesn't gel the same in the set. I get it. Uh, yeah, yeah. Is, is our other stuff? You know, it's 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 the oddball. Yeah. Right. Well, yeah, and you want to stick to the bangers anyway, so live. You know the heavier stuff, the darker yeah. stuff. Well, yeah, there's a different side of Logear that's not really discussed. Um, like, there's a lot of uh, like international marketing that's going on with us uh, right now that Roach is really kind of you know spearheading. Uh, sure. A lot of stuff that I, I can't even really get to. Like, he's he's he, we we're bringing up or basically creating product that I've never ever ever have seen before, and especially bands, but just in general. Have never even seen before. Um, it's like scannable, like um, I guess sh- like workout shorts. And it has a little chip on there where you can scan your phone, and it plays the set list that's programmed in the shorts, uh, like clothing on. Oh, okay. uh, cool. Wow. So we, yeah, we got like little stuff like that going on, and and just behind the scenes that we're working on, and uh, and uh, you know just. A lot of marketing that's going on that that we're uh, that you don't really see on Facebook land a lot, but we're we're working on internationally. I've seen some of the stuff that he does on Instagram too, though the Low Gear Instagram. Yeah. I follow that one, and I saw like a lot of different. Someone was posting a lot of different uh, posts that that were these stories that were pieced together. It was like live footage of y'all on stage, but you know, all interspersed with music yeah. and different quick cuts right. and. Yeah, I noticed there was quite a bit yeah. of that. You guys had like a wealth of content. Yeah. That right there, what you're seeing is a majority that's that's Roach and him being, you know, bored and you know, a genius at the same time. That's just all in his mind. Yeah. Absolutely. That's crazy. Yeah, once we once we gave him yeah. the, the, the keys to the steer to, to the car, uh it, it was very surprising, you know, watching him work. Shit. Yeah, let him yeah. run with it. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Well, man, it's been awesome talking to you. I'm really glad you did this with me. Just kind of be random for an hour or two, yeah. you know. It, 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 only, it only took talk. a while, right? Now. Oh yeah, yeah. But yeah, thank you for coming on here and doing this with me. And I, I like your idea that you had before of uh, having Roach on here and doing like a group episode. Yeah. If you ever want to circle back and like, you know, maybe like in another 10 episodes or something, I can circle back to you guys and absolutely have Roach on or something. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, How many people can you have on at once? 
we can do three or four on here easy. So yeah, it's no problem. What I was thinking is, what if we did like one with like me, you, Roach, and Goat? That'd be really fun, actually. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But not it's on the internet. Not not something that is like you know, is uh you know is, is regulated because that yeah we, someone would get fired if it was on public airs. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it would be interesting. I think I think it would be a fun one. If you can yeah. make that happen, let's do it because I think it'd be really fun. So let's try I it. Too. Yeah. I do too. Absolutely. Yeah. And on the music end of things, I will uh, I'll hit you up afterwards on uh, the tech side of things and help you out with that. Okay. We'll get yeah, you we'll rolling get together again. on that. I appreciate you, yeah. you know, you helping out on that cuz anything I can get I can uh, do to get that get that ongoing thing resolved, uh the, the better. It sucks when creativity gets blocked by something like technical like that. So I understand. Yeah. 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 Well, it's just because that's, that, that's, that's now the way that I write, unfortunately, is, is uh, very much tracking stuff and putting actual half song and full song, whole, you know, yep. song ideas together instead of just writing a guitar riff. <laughs> yeah, me too. You know what I'm talking about? I, I can tell. With Absolutely. Um, it's, yeah. it's, it's like whenever I bring an idea to the guys, I want to paint a picture and say, Okay, hey, this is kind of what I'm thinking. We can tweak it, of course, uh, but uh, painting that picture is it's vital uh, because that, that's that's how you get to that next level with your, you know, with your band's stuff. I got I know what you mean about like preparing. I used to love playing live, but I love creating at home now. And the whole little home studio that I set up in here for yeah. myself, I'll come in here and get lost for hours. Yeah. You know, at a time and, you know, just you look back the next thing you know that it's two o'clock in the morning or yep. something stupid. Like pulling me out of here, Dad. Come on, we got to get out of yeah. here. Yeah. Had to go and take a ramen break. You know. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> man, I appreciate you doing this, Sam. I really do, man. I appreciate good. you having me on. Yeah, cool. absolutely. Um, and yeah, we'll circle back and maybe try to do a group episode. That'll be hilarious. It'll be yeah. great. Yeah. Make good content. Yeah. I'm glad we brought up Ed too. He'll love it. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Say hi yeah. to him next time. Next time you talk to him, I miss. I miss that dude. Yeah, he'll probably see this. So, hi Ed. If hi. you see this. What's up, Ed? <laughs>